Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, welcome to the show, everyone. Going to do an abbreviated episode because still uh, getting over Thanksgiving and everything else that came with it. We have NFL action today. It's a reduced slate because of the uh, Thanksgiving games earlier in the week, but we still have teams on by. You know, let's just be honest with this. This is a rough slate. I I would say this is kind of one of those weeks where it's good to take inventory of what you did in terms of uh, performance-wise and, you know, uh, analyze and not necessarily chase because really not a whole lot of options that are that worthwhile, in my opinion, uh, to tackle on this slate. So uh, just being perfectly honest, uh, you know, this this is a tougher one to kind of gauge. So we'll get into some plays and what you can do with it, but I wouldn't necessarily go too crazy over uh what uh what you're gonna uh, take on in terms of stances because i I think a lot of this slate depends on your willingness to uh make a couple of adjustments on the fly and be willing to live with those ramifications because it may not pan out but you know to at least give it a shot because realistically uh we got a lot of uh a lot of uh, question marks in terms of uh, some of these games today as to how those uh, particular games could play out. So to me, it's not really worth the effort to go crazy building a ton of lineups because, you know, I think there's only a couple of games that are really worth it, to be perfectly honest, uh, to attack on this late. And... You know, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to force something to happen that may not be there, if you get what I mean. So without much further ado, let's talk about the games uh, on the main slate today uh, for this Sunday. Uh, We've got Atlanta at Jacksonville. Again, this is what I'm talking about here, folks. Uh, Atlanta is... Favored by two points. Honestly, I think Jacksonville wins this game. Uh, Atlanta is so inconsistent in terms of their offense. We don't know if Cordero Patterson is going to play or not. Maybe he does, but it's not as though Atlanta had a ton of weapons anyway. I don't like Jacksonville, to be honest, either. This is an ugly stay away game, but on D DraftKings, their price is so cheap. They're priced up defensively on FanDuel, which is, again, why you got to look at the prices of these DFLs uh, slates. But uh, uh, DraftKings has uh, the Jags at Stone Men at 2200 Not the Stone Men, but like the the lowest price defense on the slate at 2200 Stone Men will be uh, 2K or less, but um, you get what I mean. the, t- the two plays on defense that I like this week are the Jags and the Texans. And again, they're terrible teams, but this is a terrible slate. 
you know, there's just not a whole lot to feel excited about here in this game. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I mean, you could play LaVisca Chenault, but I don't trust Urban Meyer. James Robinson is the, uh, uh, the only play here that I would consider dependable. I know people will try to force in Kyle Pitts, and I know he's talented. It's just I don't trust Atlanta's offense either. I I think James Robinson gets enough work today at 6,200, but does it mean he has a great ceiling? Absolutely not. So, again, this is a game I'm kind of staying away from and staying away from on the betting side. Next up, Carolina at Miami. Uh, Carolina is a road favorite at minus one. I'll take this bet. I don't, I still don't trust Tua Tagovailoa in that Miami offense moving the ball around. You know, there, Cam Newton showed enough that I think he should be getting more acclimated as, uh, he gets more time and reps, uh, this Miami run defense remains awful. So I like Christian McCaffrey. I I can play Cam Newton too, but I definitely like Christian McCaffrey uh, on this slate because we just don't have a lot of sure bets in terms of matchups and in terms of how they're going to uh, be able to attack uh, a stud against a bad matchup, you know, that's that's the reason why McCaffrey makes a ton of sense on this slate. Uh, the thing is, McCaffrey is running you uh, about 9K on DraftKings. Uh, a little bit more expensive on FanDuel, but not that terribly expensive, in my opinion. So, in my, my estimation, you know, McCaffrey is one of the best plays you can go with. And you can get there with a cheaper running back uh, to supplement that if, you, if you're concerned about it. So to me, I like going with McCaffrey and just getting it over with uh, just so you have uh, that, uh, that floor in place because trying to try to do it in a different way, I, I just don't think it's the, I don't think it's uh, really that clean. So I, I think the be- better way to go about it is uh, having McCaffrey 9700 on FanDuel. Uh just I think he's in in pretty much I'm probably going to have 40 to 50% or more of Christian McCaffrey this week. I I, I don't want to overthink it this week. Uh next up, Jets at Texans. <sighs> Both these teams suck. I don't trust either quarterback. Uh Michael Carter for the Jets is on IR. So Ty Johnson is assumed to take on the lead back role for the Jets. 4,300, uh, dirt cheap on uh, DraftKings. Also cheap on FanDuel as well, but uh, we, we do have some other place on FanDuel we can go to. Um, so it's more of a DraftKings play in my opinion here, but certainly you can play them on both sides. Uh, Houston, David Johnson, listen, he's not good, but, you know, He's 4,500, and both, uh, you can pair uh, David Johnson and the Texans defense against a Zach Smith, who is very turnover prone, uh, coming back off of injury, and he's likely to be rusty. I would not be shocked if Houston has uh, two takeaways in this game uh, by halftime. I, I would not be shocked. I, I definitely like Houston in play as a defense. Uh, 
perhaps even more so than Jacksonville at 2,200. Uh, Texans are only 2,300. And like I said, I expect Zach Smith, uh, Zach Wilson to turn the ball over uh, uh, quite a bit. So, uh, but yeah, that's about it. I don't have interest in anything else besides the running backs in this game. Uh, Elijah Moore is the only other possible consideration. But again, I don't trust Zach Wilson. If it was Flacco, uh, I know Flacco knows enough just to get the ball to him. Wilson still looks like he's trying to learn on the fly and not doing very well at it. So uh, with that being said, let's move on. Eagles at the Giants. Jason Garrett obviously fires a Freddie Kitchens calling plays. Uh, Giants have just a slew of injuries, though. Uh, likely to be without Kadarius Tony. Sterling Shepard's already out. You know, Saquon may be out, but they think he's leaning towards playing. So basically, you're going to have, Sa- uh, if Saquon plays, it'll be Saquon, uh, Kenny Galladay, and Darius Slayton, and nobody else outside of Evan Ingram because everyone else is injured. The Giants have no tight ends left outside of Evan Ingram. This team is decimated with injuries, and that offensive line still stinks. Eagles are favored uh, by three and a half. I think the Eagles win this game. I I don't really see that much else to say other than this Giants team is a train wreck. And I already talked about it. Joe Judge, if he's smart, he should be setting up Daniel Jones to fail. Uh, it's his best chance at saving his job if Jones uh stumbles again and he can convince ownership to just let him pick his guy because jones is just not gonna be i listen i got enough time but don't have enough time to go into this again so let's keep it moving um and on the philly side listen i mean you can play jalen hurts but i would just play jalen hurts solo i jalen hurts just does not throw enough to warrant playing receiving pieces. I know you can play, you try to play him with Devonta Smith. I think you're all, you're probably better off just running Jalen Hurts naked and trying to game stack a different game. If you're going to go Hurts at QB, but the pricing on Hurts isn't that great this week, to be honest. So he's already priced out of premium, expecting a rushing touchdown against the Giants. I don't want to be chasing that. So uh, moving on. Pittsburgh against Kansas City, uh, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh against Cincinnati. Um, Bengals are favored by three and a half. Just hammer this line. Bengals winning this game. Uh, They're a better team than the Steelers. I know I hate Cincy's coach, Zach Zach Taylor. Mike Tomlin is clearly the better coach in this matchup. But Cincy is the better team. It's like... uh, the Steelers have been doing this smoke and mirror stuff, but it's like, it is hard to realistically say how the Steelers are going to pull this one off other than since he's shooting themselves in the foot. Regardless though, I see this game playing out on the slower side. So I don't have any interest from a DFS standpoint though. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't. I, I, you know, I know some people are talking about big Ben um, in the past game. It's somehow this game shoots out. You're going to want to have Steelers receiving pieces. Uh, because of all the dump off throws Ben will throw because they can't throw past 10 yards anymore. So uh, Deontay Johnson uh, at wide receiver, Pat Freer moved at uh, uh, running back. And I'll, I mean, uh, Pat Freer moved at tight end. And of course, Najee Harris at running back. 
those are the pieces I, I would look at. Yeah, you could dabble in the Chase Claypool as well if you're uh, trying to uh, get a little bit different, but I don't think too many people are going to be on this game, to be honest. And again, I don't really like the Bengals side of things. Uh, yeah, Mixon's good, but, you know, I see this game playing out slower. So the price tags on the Cincy guys are high enough where I just don't see any value going there. Uh, moving on. Tampa against Indy. Okay, let's just walk this one back here. Vitavea is expected to play, so I I don't have interest in Jonathan Taylor, to be honest. I know he had five touchdowns last week that destroyed me. Absolutely destroyed me. And I love Jonathan Taylor, but against Vitavea, I don't like that matchup. And Tampa's good against the run, especially when Vea is involved. Don't like the play. But I do like Carson Wentz in the passing game. So I will be having stacks of Michael Pittman with uh, Carson Wentz. And I'll also have Tom Brady stacks uh, involving Michael Pittman. And then my choice of either uh, Godwin or Mike Evans, uh, maybe some Gronk lineups as well um, with two receivers in Brady, because we know Brady's not going to run. But I do like uh, having a run back with Michael Pittman because the Pats, I mean, if, if there's anything I'm saying the Pats, if anything we know about the Bucs, uh, it's the fact that that secondary is weak. It's just that the Giants were just completely lost Monday night in trying to exploit that weakness. So um, we'll, 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 move, we'll keep it moving. Uh, Tennessee at New England. Okay, all the Titans are injured. Everyone's injured. A.J. Brown is now on IR along with Julio Jones. There's no Derrick Henry already. The Titans already cut, uh, <laughs> cut <laughs> uh, Adrian Peterson. It's Dante Foreman and Danielle Hilliard, uh, Dontrell Hilliard. People already picking those guys up off, uh, have picked those guys off of regular waivers and fantasy. I have zero interest in the Titans this week. Just lock in New England. Just this is the lock of the week. If you have them in Survivor, just take New England. Take New England. Move on. New England, six and a half point favorites. Just lock in the bet. Like it's probably gone up to seven. Uh, or more as by the uh, by the time uh, we get closer to uh, lock because uh, people are just going to steam this up. It, like there's just too many guys out on Tennessee as it is. It, just take New England. Just get over it. Like don't get cute. Chargers going to Denver uh, to play the Broncos. Uh, Chargers three point favorites. Denver plays them tough. Um, you know. Oh, and, and in terms of uh, fancy purposes. Avoid everyone in the New England-Tennessee game because you can't trust New England offensively. It's a roulette wheel every week. You can play Pat's defense, but it's incredibly expensive, so it's going to hamstring you with your roster construction. So I'm probably fading it completely. Anyway, back to the Chargers-Denver game. Chargers favor by three. Definitely like the Chargers in this one. Depends on what Denver team shows up. This could be a high-scoring game, or it could be a slog of a game filled with a lot of running, not, not a whole lot of action, and it ends with the Chargers winning 23-21. to 21. It could very well happen that the uh, Denver does a backdoor cover by making this as sloppy of a game as possible. The question becomes, does Denver go aggressive throwing the ball with Teddy Bridgewater? One would hope, but they could just as easily try to uh, slow this game down with the run game, pound the rock with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Uh, or the Chargers could try to grind the clock with Austin Eckler and, and just do the short passing game. Like, this game has a chance to bust from a score total because it's 
over under is 47 and this could be in the low 40s or under 40 in certain ways like uh i'll say that uh, because everyone's talking about the new england um uh tennessee game being under 43 and i like while i like that bet I think it's very possible the Chargers-Denver uh, game could go in that same direction. I'll have some DFS pieces for the Chargers as well, hoping that it turns into a shootout with a run back of Noah Fant and uh, Jerry Judy. But it's very possible this game busts. But I'm not going to uh, undersell the potential with Justin Herbert because I, I know what the ceiling is. It, uh, you, you saw it against the Steelers the other night, uh, not too long ago. So, again... It, it is doable. It is absolutely doable. So you can't just sell yourself short that it's not going to happen. So I'm not. I'm not going to go crazy over, uh, over that that not being a possibility because it, it absolutely is. So, um, moving on. Uh, getting into, uh, the Denver side of things. Uh, again, we don't know who's going to get the lead work. Uh, in terms of touches for the Broncos, but more often than not, it's pretty. It's a pretty close timeshare. Um, I don't really have as much interest playing Teddy Bridgewater, but I will uh, have interest in Noah Fant just because tight end is so shallow. Um, and Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick—you know—they could easily bust. Like I said, the, like there's a lot of bust potential. That's why I would say this is the kind of slate you don't go too crazy over in terms of your builds, but you know, you at least keep an open mind uh, in terms of how you're going about the lineup construction. Now, in terms of uh, the uh, rest of uh, these uh, games go, because I mean, this afternoon slate, it's, it's pretty shallow. I mean, you only got the Rams Green Bay, which is a game that I don't really necessarily like because we, we're still waiting on news if Aaron Jones is going to play or not. If Aaron Jones plays, that takes Dylan out of it, and I think it takes Jones out of it because I, I don't think they give him the full workload either. So uh, don't necessarily love it from that aspect. The only pieces I I'm, will consider would be uh, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he's still cheap given the fact that Green Bay could end up chucking the ball quite a bit in this one if it does shoot out. And then on the Rams side, you got Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, and of course, um, Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. But again, we don't know where the volume's going passing wise with OBJ in the mix and uh, Robert Woods uh, since Robert Woods went down uh, because the Rams have been sputtering in large part because Stafford has been so bad with his decision making with the football. It's it's kind of hard. It's I'll be honest. It's hard to kind of get a read on what uh, uh, Rams team we're going to see show up. But I'm going to take my chances on Green Bay uh, getting the win at home. Uh, they're less. It's they're only a two point favorite at home. Green Bay is really good. Uh, you know, I'll take Green Bay uh, for a pick. But you know, it wouldn't shock me if the Rams won. But you know, Green Bay being less than a three point favorite at home, uh, I think. I think you're just as good as the team as the Rams, so I, I think you get some value with uh, the underpricing on Green Bay, and I would just bet uh, Green Bay rather than, uh, you, you know, the cover, uh, the two-point spread. Uh, so uh, rather than betting on the money line. Uh, and the final game of the day, uh, well, for the 
main slate is San Francisco uh, hosting Minnesota. Uh, Niners are favored uh, by three and a half. I kind of like the Minnesota side with it being at a three and a half line, but I can take uh, San Fran. If your line for a pick pool stayed at two and a half, take San Fran. If it went to three or more, take the Minnesota side. That's the way I would look at it, because I think this is a field goal type of game. I just don't know who's going to win, but I think this game is decided by a field goal. I think we get plenty of points as well, so don't get me wrong. Um, I think this this game does shoot out, so I have interest in the receiving options. So Debo Samuel, George Kittle on the Niner side, along with Brandon Ayuk uh, on Minnesota side. Obviously, you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and now they've started working in Tyler Conklin into the mix at the tight end spot. Um, and while these are two predominantly running teams, I think you still have enough impetus uh, on both sides to want to play action pass. Uh, so yes, we'll get we'll get plenty of runs, but you know there's big play potential on both sides of the ball. So I'm going to lean more towards there. So. You know, that kind of does it. Like, again, I said it before, it's an ugly slate uh, for the main slate. Obviously, we got Sunday Night Football with the Browns and Ravens, so we'll cover that a bit later today. But, yeah, not too much of a lean in terms of the roster construction. I, I will be targeting both QBs uh, uh, from the San Francisco-Minnesota San Francisco Minnesota game. Uh, I'm tra- targeting Justin Herbert, and I'm targeting Wentz and Tom Brady in, in, in uh, for uh, – uh, in that game so basically the three games and and that's it I'm, I'm not gonna go too crazy with the rest of these games because there's just not a whole lot to choose from so slim pickings so like i said be smart this week uh take it easy and uh, uh we'll come back later for sunday night football have a good one folks thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.